Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary beings, Lola Bunny and Daisy Duck, the audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We strongly recommend that you do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or with funds that are needed to pay bills. We recommend that you do not gamble with credit. The past performances of our host are not indicative of anyone's future results. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a dreamer of dreams and a traveling man. I have chalked up many a mile, read dozens of books about heroes and crooks, and learned much from both of their styles. Welcome to episode 92 of our Casino Combat Podcast, the start of year three of our podcast. As always, I am podcasting live without a studio audience from the glorious Casino Combat Studios in Parts Unknown. I've got a lot to share with you today. We are going to see some hero moments, and I suspect we are going to see some crook moments. Let's get started. We have got a lot to talk about. I have uh, been on a bit of a hiatus. I apologize. We will uh, sort out why that has been, but I got a big stack of paper in front of me. I got a lot to talk about. We are going to dig right in. We have a very straightforward battle plan for this episode. First, we are going to do a questions my sons ask segment, and I'll share a question I just received from Inner Circle member Virginia Casino player Doug. Then I'm going to do a core concept segment and look at the simplest of the core concepts through an Atlantic City lens. Yes, we just somewhat unexpectedly spent some time in Atlantic City again. I have about two weeks of results and observations to share with you in a travel segment. Some of it will be about Atlantic City. We had another little trip in there and, of course, a lot of local gambling as well. I'm also going to do a quick Gambling with Gabriel segment today, mostly because the two of us spent some time having some bourbons at a blackjack table, and a favorite pit boss of ours was entertained and amused by a conversation that took place between us and another player. I think you may be entertained by it as well. We will find out. We will see how it goes. Finally, in the virtual VIP lounge, I am going to share a couple of anecdotes anecdotes easy for me to say <laughs> observations regarding the responsibilities and opportunities that come from putting on the casino combat vest a pretty straightforward battle plan but before i get started just a quick note from the casino combat galaxy maybe a couple quick notes not quite sure after our last episode i did get uh, an email from inner circle member and ally east coast emissary and he pointed out a mistake in the episode I was answering a question about variants and how the casino combat arsenal did or did not address positive and negative variants. I used blackjack as an, as an illustration. I used blackjack as an illustration and pointed to the very low house advantage and I called it a coin toss game. And from the point of view of percent chance of leaving the table with a victory it is in fact a coin toss game however ece correctly points out that while blackjack provides the lowest of house advantages excluding odds bets on craps tables things like that if you apply basic strategy this low house advantage occurs because of blackjack's paying three to two and because the player can split and or double in advantageous situations and those things reduce the house advantage as i said if you're using basic strategy that said, the game is not truly a coin toss game as, a, as, a, as variance is applied. It, it doesn't really fit 
the perfect definition. It's not so much uh, a game where you're expected to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. It's not truly a coin toss. It's just the lowest possible house advantage. So ECE is absolutely correct here. 100% correct. And as the Fonz would have said, I was... I was... I, I, I was... Okay, jokes aside, I was wrong in my choice of wagers to illustrate my response. I should have used Baccarat's house or bank bets with uh, a game that had no commission on bank or red-black on a roulette table as the wager to illustrate my thoughts. Those would have been more truly and accurately coin toss wagers that are roughly 50-50 uh, just a little bit short of that. It would have been a better choice of a variance illustration. It really would have been. Wish I'd have done that a little differently. Not going to go back and re-record things. I really appreciate ECE bringing this to all of our attention. I try as much as possible to refer to this as our podcast and to consider myself the voice of the squad, not the expert dictating from on high who knows everything. As we enter year three, this is our podcast. We are a squad. I learn from all of you. I try to convey and relay your knowledge out to the squad, to the Casino Combat Galaxy. I try to to to, to view that as my role. I've said many times, I don't know everything about gambling. I just want to know everything about gambling. I appreciate all of you helping me learn and helping me refine my thinking and my techniques. It's benefited me. I hope it benefits all of you. While we're at it, let me address one more item that's occurring in the galaxy. As I think I mentioned in the last episode when we did the time warp, Mrs. TRG and I relocated the glorious Casino Combat Studios about four miles south of the previous Casino Combat Studios. And we did it fairly quickly and somewhat unexpectedly. We are thrilled with the results, but moving out of a home that we lived in for 25 years and raised three children in, children that are now adults, Look, it was more complicated and time-consuming than I expected. I actually outlined this episode, the episode I'm recording right now, in the glorious new Casino Combat Studios almost a month ago. I've gotten out of bed almost every day since then with plans to speak to all of you and get this episode published. And here we are today, just finding time to put voice to microphone and and get back with you. I intend to cover a couple of weeks of action and observations today. Then a couple of weeks in the next episode, which I hope is going to come out very, very quickly. And then I'm going to show you the results for June. Spoiler alert! Results that when we get to them will blow your mind, even with a move involved. At least I think that's what's going to happen. It's blown my mind. After that, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get back on track without another Time Warp episode. I've been vigorously documenting everything. I have lots of things to share with you going forward. I'm looking forward to doing it. It's been on my mind. I couldn't really wait to get around to this, and I wish that I had been able to get around to it sooner instead of unpacking boxes and and doing other things that I needed to do. Guardian and the Jet have not checked in. We are up to date on what's been going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy. Let's do questions my sons ask to get things started. What? What? My sons ask questions about gambling, and listeners ask questions about gambling, and Inner Circle members always bring me excellent questions as it relates to the topic of gambling, living a casino lifestyle, and winning the game of casino gambling. And so I got a great question from Inner Circle member, Virginia Casino player Doug, one of my favorite listeners, 
Uh, if you want to kind of follow some of his journey, we have a page on Facebook, uh, Casino Combat Squad. It's a group that you can find easily. You don't have to answer any questions or do anything if you'd like to join. And VCPD is often posting updates. He is patiently waiting patience of job this man has patiently waiting for virginia casinos to open and they're getting closer and closer and so he sent me a little note and said hey trg i was trying to wait until something definitive was announced concerning casino openings here in virginia before updating you and the galaxy since that hasn't happened yet here is what i know so far the hard rock in bristol was issued their license a few weeks ago I was ex expecting the other casinos to be announced shortly thereafter, but as of today, no other licenses have been issued. The Rivers Casino in Portsmouth had a topping-off ceremony to celebrate the completion of all the steel framing for the building. During the events, they announced that construction was on schedule. However, the completion and opening dates remain vague. Sometime in 2023 seems to be all anyone will commit to. They also just held the first of five job fairs. The Headwaters Casino in Norfolk is waiting for their license to be issued before beginning construction. They do seem to be concerned that Rivers will be open 12 to 18 months before them, so they are pushing for a temporary casino, but nothing has been decided yet. The Caesars Casino in Danville just delayed their opening to 2024 due to a combination of site preparation challenges and supply chain issues. Boy, supply chain issues. We are all seeing that, aren't we? It is taking its sweet time, but I am eventually looking forward to being the Galaxy's boots on the ground in Virginia, and I am looking forward to that too. I can't wait. He says, now that I've rambled, here's my question. Have you had any experience with historic horse racing machines? They look and act like regular slot machines, but instead of a random number generator, wins and losses are determined by the outcomes of randomly chosen historic horse races. It's an interesting viewpoint. That really is. Anyway, he continues. There's an off-track betting site not too far from me with these machines. I checked it out when it first opened, but my lack of interest in horse racing and the location have kept me away. Recently, the territory I cover for work has changed, and the location is now very convenient to visit. I'm considering trying out slot strategy El Numero Dos. I was just wondering if you or anyone you know has tried this strategy on these types of machines. As always, keep up the great work, VCPD. And here's the simple answer. I'm going to give you what I shared with VCPD. But the answer to this is actually in Virginia Casino Player Doug's email. He says, instead of a random number generator a random horse race is selected and those results determine the outcomes. Well, that randomly selected uh, horse race is selected by a random number generated by the computer. I suspect that if we really got into it, we would find out that three random numbers are generated and then one of those random numbers is randomly selected. So I would imagine there are two random number generation processes going into this. But here's my answer to VCPD. Apologies for the delay. Mrs. TRG and I are in the middle of a move, short distance, just downsizing. In my very limited experience, when my state opened casinos, everything that's going on in Virginia sounds pretty normal, except the added wrinkle of the supply chain issues. It takes time to recruit and train a workforce, and then the workforce needs to get through the licensing process, which is usually lengthy. We even had delays in my state when a new governor decided the state should get a bigger piece of the pie. When the casinos initially refused his request, he used regulations and permits to delay the opening until they finally gave in and agreed to a higher percentage. So I've seen this kind of thing happen before. 
It'll happen. It won't happen fast, as fast as we as players would like, but it'll happen. It really will. As far as the horse racing thing goes, I've been told that Louisville, Kentucky has a casino with historic horse racing machines. I've not been that way. I've not had a chance to check them out. We have been informed that it is currently a very temporary casino as the state is trying through the courts to shut it down. My take is this, I guess. Random numbers to pick a race to get a result shouldn't be different from random numbers to get a result. It shouldn't matter. I'd look into what percentage of money wagered must be returned to the players. It's normally around 85% or more. Casinos can pay out more than the required amount, but they cannot pay out less. As long as this casino has a similar requirement, the next step is a visit to see if they have machines that will pay out progressive jackpots on less than a max bet spin. This is usually on the machine or the wagering bar. Sometimes you have to dig into the rules icon a little bit to find this out. Also, there are some machines where you get progressives on all wagers, but the smaller bets have smaller progressive. Those are fine. Those machines will work as well. Also, there are machines where you can only win the progressive on wagers higher than the first two wagers. Again, those seem to be fine. What Slot Tactic El Numero Dos does is look for either a quick payout at a low amount or a big payout at a higher amount. Machines to look for would be any of the Wonder Woman, Heidi's Beer House, or Heidi and Hannah's Beer House, 88 Fortune Diamond. Those can get pricey since they run from 88 cents to $8.88 a spin. Any of the Greek-themed machines, Zeus, Athena, Kronos, any of the hot stuff machines. Hot stuff with the little devil, that's the original one, or a panda, or a phoenix. Any of the Game of Thrones machines. Those all seem to work fine and work well for us. There are plenty of other machines that meet the criteria, I'm sure. Those are just a quick list off the top of my head. If you find machines that meet those criteria, I see no reason not to try things out. TRG. And then as a added little note, because obviously we've got a bit of a, not time warp, but a time delay here. I actually had this email exchange with uh, VCPD a couple of weeks ago. My added thought would be, I would not treat one failure as a sign of constant and recurring failure. I think particularly on a situation like his, where he's going to be there regularly for work, my approach would kind of be go in, play one machine, using uh, TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. If you win, great. If it's a small win, great. If you lose, fine. Again, take a look at your results at the end of the month. I'd just play one machine and leave anytime I was in the area, record my results, and see where I ended up, and, and evaluate it that way. I sometimes go 10, 11, 12 winning machines in a row. We had a, a great month last month. We're having a great month so far this month. I guess that's a spoiler for about 15 minutes from now. But at the same time, you've seen me, you've seen us lock up multiple winning months in a row. You've seen us have a losing month here and there and sometimes a several losing months in a row. So that's kind of the way I think I'd approach that. Great question. Really appreciate it. Always appreciate my listeners. Really appreciate all my Inner Circle members, all my Excelsior Brigade members. If you want to know more about what that's about, if this is your first time, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time and you're saying, what is he talking about, Inner Circle, go back and listen to episode 22. It is all explained there. Uh, 
this is the jungle and there are fun and games and we have games in the podcast and you are welcome to play and you would be happy to join our elite listeners or I should say we would be happy to have you join our elite listeners like East Coast Emissary, Golden Fan, Gator Gambler, Virginia Casino Player Doug and how you go about doing that is explained in episode 22. All right, next up, a look at one of the easiest core concepts as it was applied on a recent trip to Atlantic City. We are going to do core concepts of Casino Combat next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The core concepts of Casino Combat are almost always in every episode. Not all of them, but they're a recurring part of this. These are the fun foundational concepts that I think are essential to being good at the game of casino gambling. Concepts is, of course, spelled with a K for our purposes, always. As I said, we talk about them in many, many ways in many, many episodes because they're integral to what we do and because there are so many aspects of applying them. And I'm not going to run through them all today. I've often done that in the past, and we're going to kind of move away from that. We have been moving away from that. And the reason I'm moving away from that, if you're new to this, once again, if you're a new listener and you're going, wait, 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 hold on, there are a whole bunch of core concepts and you spell concepts with a K. What are these? They're essential. Why aren't you telling me about them? Well, the reason I'm not telling you about them specifically here today is that I have a blog post on our website, the website is CasinoCombat.com. Combat is spelled with a K there. You can find us, find us through any of the search engines. You can go directly to the site. And I have a blog post that describes all of these in written form. I have also, on YouTube, there is a Casino Combat channel. The icon for that is at the top of the website. You can find us that way. And... On the the uh, YouTube channel, there is a playlist called Boot Camp. Camp spelled with a K. And in Boot Camp, I have broken down all the core concepts into short 10 to 15 minute lessons. I've taken out the jokes. I've taken out as many of the stories as I can take out and still illustrate the ideas. It is very much an educational format, or at least I intended it to be an educational format. I hope it's entertaining, but it is a little bit more professorial. It is a little bit more educational. And you can learn all the core concepts, all the fundamental integral ideas that are required to be good at the game of casino gambling in less than 90 minutes. So because of those other resources, I'm not going to go into it and break this all down today. Since I've mentioned the website, since I've mentioned that we have a YouTube channel, let me also mention that right there with the icon to the YouTube channel, you can find our Instagram and Twitter links. Uh, I am at Gambler Ramblin on both of those platforms. You can also find our Instagram link. We, we try to post there when we have interesting things to share. We talked earlier about the fact that we also have the uh, Casino Combat Squad group on Facebook. We also have a Facebook page, so we try to be involved in all that social media. 
And of course, I mentioned social media, so now I'm supposed to beg you to go like and share and subscribe and, and promote us. And of course, I want you to do that. The squad grows when squad members interact with our content so that people they know on social media see that interaction and maybe get curious about the site. But that's all that I'm going to do in terms of begging. I am simply going to, as has become my custom, say thank you to all of you. Thank you to all of you that are regulars on those platforms, that support us on those platforms. We see you. We love you. We know who you are. We appreciate you. You can't imagine how much. You cannot imagine how many times I send something over to uh, Billy with the great last name who does a lot of my social media work for me. And I'll send him a thought. Or I'll send him a picture. I'll send him a link. And then Mrs. TRG and I see the interactions. We see you interacting with each other. We really appreciate it. So there's our little social media thing. Back to our core concepts. What I wanted to reflect today on is the simplest, the easiest in its basic form of the core concepts. And that is have and use a player's card. And it's so vitally important. And I saw several examples of that. In fact, I got one really funny one I'm going to wrap this segment with. One really fun one, I maybe I should say, not funny. Ironic, that's a good word. It's ironic that I'm going to share with you in particular that kind of triggered this thought process. But you have to have and use a player's card to win the game of casino gambling. Because every once in a while, you get to the end of a month and you've lost or spent more than you won. It happens more often than we would like. And it happens very randomly and only occasionally, and that's very important as well. But when it does happen, we would like to have used our player's card and gotten more in comps and gifts and free stuff than we lost and spent. That is how we define winning here at Casino Combat. And I see people all the time who are asked if they have a player's card when they walk up to a table. They say, no, they don't. And often they say, I just don't gamble enough to have one, or I don't come here often enough to have one. And maybe that's true in some cases. I often think it's that they think the casino is going to use that information for nefarious purposes, that, that having one is going to have a negative impact on them in some way. Couldn't be further from the truth. And I often think they don't want mailers coming to their house because they don't want people that live in their house to know that they're going to the casino on a fairly regular basis. And that's kind of a silly one in my mind, because if that's really your concern, if you're sitting out there thinking, well, yeah, you know, I don't want my wife to know. Well, I don't recommend doing that. Your your spouse, your significant other, your partner should not be somebody you're hiding gambling from. There's there's an issue there if that's the case. But if for whatever reason that is your desire, that you do not want mailers coming to your home, just go to the Players Club desk, get your card, and tell them you want to opt out of physical mail. They'll be happy to not print, pay for, and pay postage on sending you something you don't want. I've never run into a casino yet that goes, oh no, we're going to keep mailing you stuff even if you don't want it. I, I don't know that that ever happens. So you don't really need to have that concern in my mind. Not getting a player's card is cheating yourselves out of a variety of benefits. And, and I often highlight those benefits and I'm going to highlight some of those benefits today. I want to talk today about how this core concept impacted a recent trip, a kind of unexpected trip that we took to Atlantic City. Currently in Atlantic City, I have a tier three card for three of the brands that operate there. The Caesars brand, the Bally's brand, and the MGM brand. And the interesting thing about that is that the only brand that I earned tier three with through play is Caesars. I got tier matched at Bally's and I got tier matched at MGM. And I'm working hard at earning my MGM status for the next time around. 
and then I may match it back to Caesars and Bally's. Uh, but I'm working hard on that. So I didn't even have to earn it all three places. I had to earn it one place and then match it over, but it allows me to move through the city with a lot of perks and benefits and simple and, and, uh, simplifications. We happen to stay at Tropicana in AC this trip, and, and we'll see why in a minute here when we get to the travel segment. And when we pulled in, the valet asked if I had a cart. I showed it to them, and then they very happily unloaded the bags and parked the car, and I tipped them a little bit. And at one point, we took the car over to MGM. Uh, well, I should say over to Borgata, which is an MGM property, and the same thing happened there. And what I find amusing, and not in a making fun of anyone way, just... Yeah, maybe ironic is once again the better word here. Mrs. TRG didn't realize something, and I suspect it's something many of you listening do not realize either or might not know. When we left Borgata, we didn't pay because I showed them my player's card, and with a with a third-tier card, a gold card, we don't have to pay for valet. Tip them a little bit because it's the right thing to do, but that's about it. She didn't realize that other people were actually paying a fee to park their car in valet. And this only came to my attention when we were ending our trip and getting our car. The individual in front of us in line was very angry. They were very upset. They were being asked to pay almost $100 for having their car in valet for their trip. And the attendant was explaining that since they did not have a player's card, valet was not free. In fact, parking would not have been free even if they had parked their own car. The attendant said this should have been explained on arrival, and the other guest said it, they hadn't been told, and obviously I have no way of knowing, nor did the attendant, if that's true or false. Someone may have made a mistake, but this guest that's angry goes on to say they had lost thousands of dollars, so they shouldn't have to pay, and the attendant was right on top of it. They asked if they had a player's card. A manager, if they had a player's card, a manager could look up their play and maybe comp the valet fee. Well, they had not used a player's card. Players' cards are stupid and a waste of time. This is the opinion of the person who's now angry because they're having to pay for the valet and they didn't use a player's card. Well, if they did really lose thousands of dollars as they're claiming, player's card wouldn't have been stupid or a waste of time. It probably would have saved them, saved them a hundred bucks. But Mrs. TRG and I waited patiently while a lot more arguing occurred and they finally paid the fee on a credit card because they didn't have enough money because they'd lost thousands of dollars in the casino. Anyways, this is all going on. Mrs. TRG says, Boy, it's a good thing we won some money. I didn't realize valet was something we paid for. And I we then had a bit of a chuckle because I pointed to the sign kind of off to the right saying that Tier 3 and Tier 4 players could use the valet for free. She asked if we had paid at Borgata, and I told her no and for the same reason. If it hasn't been clear, my job in the relationship is to be the casino expert. Mrs. TRG is very good at all of this. She can handle it on her own as well. But I think because... I'm an encyclopedia walking around with her. She doesn't necessarily pay attention to all the details because she knows I'm paying all the details and why should two of us do it? Another thing that really helped us, and maybe really helped us, saved us some money, got us some benefits. Uh, Borgata had a couple different shows going on. One of them was a burlesque show, which was excellent. Old school burlesque. Uh, it was nudity adjacent. A lot of fans, a lot of misdirection, but it was old school. There was a story that went through the whole performance. There was a comedian. There were plate spinners. There were a variety of other kinds of acts. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. A story was told. Very, very well done. They also have a comedy club that they run on Sunday nights. 
And we were walking by the box office. And as we're walking by the box office, people have mailers and slips from kiosks to get comped tickets. And we checked the kiosk and we didn't have that icon available. We didn't have that tile available. And we checked our email and we didn't have anything and we hadn't brought any mailers with us. And we just went, oh, what the heck? And we, we've been doing fine on this trip. Let's, let's maybe go see the show this evening. This was the burlesque show, the, the first visit. And, uh, so we, we, we wait in line. We go up to the box office and we said, hey, how much does the show cost? Uh, we don't, we didn't have a tile on the, on the kiosk. And they said, well, before we tell you how much the show costs, do you have a player's card? And I said, oh, sure. And they said, oh, well, let's take a look. And they take a look at the player's card and they hand over two tickets. And in fact, we did the same thing for the comedy show a few days later. If we didn't have a player's card and we hadn't been using the player's card when we gambled at the Borgata, we would have had to pay for the tickets. Following one of the core concepts, having and using a player's card got us free show tickets just by doing something we were going to do anyway. And of course, if you're not aware, if you have a tier three card in Atlantic City, you often are uh, encouraged, allowed, able, pick a word, to go into the VIP lounges there. Usually you can take a guest. Sometimes they take some free tax-free imaginary money from you. You should really, if you're in Atlantic City and you have the right cards, you should avail yourself of the VIP lounges. There are many buffets. They are top, 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 top quality bars. All of the best bottles, just as we have in our virtual VIP lounge, except they have real bottles. We we always eat dinner in VIP lounges uh, fairly regularly. Not every meal, but or not every dinner, but often several times because the, you know, they have carving stations and seafood stations and sandwich stations and just, you know, they're not full blown buffets, but they're more than adequate to have a very, very nice dinner. So we used our player's card to do that a couple times. There are a lot of other benefits once you get to that third tier, if you can get to that third tier. Shorter lines at cages, shorter lines at restaurants, discounts on various meals. But not all things require a Tier 3 card. In fact, I have a fun story. It's really the story that prompted me to pull all these other notes together. And I wanted to tell you about it. I wanted to highlight this benefit of having a player's card. I wanted to highlight this benefit in this particular casino of having and using a player's card. One of our core concepts that I've talked about ever since episode number one. So... Tropicana has done something interesting with their comps for players at slot machines. They no longer send waitresses around saying drinks, cocktails, soda, coffee, anyone need anything, waters, cocktails. Instead, you just order the drinks you want from the touchscreen at the slot machine as you're playing. And they tell you when your drink is made. They tell you who has picked your drink up to bring it to you by name. They tell you about how long you need to wait to receive your drink. And they count how much you continue to spin. And you don't get your next second, third, fourth, whatever. You don't get your next free drink until you've put enough money through the machine, win or lose. And for some people, I'm sure that's no big deal. And I'm sure some people are annoyed by it that they're not playing enough. But you cannot do the old school Vegas trick of putting money in a machine, spinning once, waiting for somebody to come by, taking a drink, getting a drink ordered. When they bring you the drink, tip five bucks. Now they come by more often. They bring you more of the house's drinks and you're not spinning very much. Some casinos have started to get wise to that and decided that they need to monitor their costs a little more closely and make sure that the relationship is where they want. Now with that in mind, 
right on the main floor, right by all the slot machines, there is a wonderful bar. Really, really nice bar. And so at one point, Mrs. TRG and I were over at the Borgata. We went and saw the show on, on Sunday night. We, um, we come back. We paid attention. We monitor our alcohol intake so that we were not, uh, uh, not driving under the influence. We'd, we'd been very reasonable in what we'd done in that regard. A drink with dinner, another drink with the show, spread out by a couple hours of gambling. And Mrs. TRG says, Hey, why don't we go up to the room? You know, this is now, uh, call it 10, 1030. She's like, why don't we go up to the room and, and have a couple drinks? We've, we've got bottles we brought with us. When we go upstairs, we'll have a couple drinks and, uh, and then we'll come down and, and, and do, do some gambling and, and hang out for, for the rest of the evening and play some cards. And I said, you know, let's not, let's not do that. I said, you know how this is going to go. We're going to go upstairs. I'm going to take my boots off. I'm going to take my vest off. We're going to have a drink. One of us is going to be ready again before the other. We're going to have, we're each going to have another drink. And before we know it, we're going to spend two hours having three or four drinks. And then it's going to be so late that we're not going to want to come back down and gamble. So let's just go to this really cool bar over here. And if I've got to buy a few drinks, who cares? Not the end of the world. We've had a good trip. Let's just do that. Let's have one or two drinks at the bar where we're not pouring them themselves. And then we can move out to the casino, probably get a, a drink to go in there and a to go cup. And then we'll just come back out two steps to the casino floor. She says, okay, that's great. So we sit down at the bar and, uh, the bartender comes over and takes our drink order and pours us our drink and comes back. And I say, how much do I owe you? And he says, do you have a player's card? And I said, oh, yeah, sure, of course I do. And I hand him my player's card, and he points to the sign on the wall that says, tier two guests and above receive complimentary drinks. And obviously, I have a tier three card. And I went, oh, okay, great. And obviously, I tipped him. And he goes, so when you guys need something else, just let me know. So think about the irony. I said, I, I said we got a couple things here that are, are ironic. Think about the irony of all this, right? If you're a tier two player sitting out, 10 steps away at a slot machine, then you've got to keep gambling to get your free drinks. If that's what you're trying to do is have a couple of drinks. But if you just walk 10 steps and stop gambling, you can just sit in this bar and drink all you want because the sign on the wall says so. Tier two guests get to drink right there in that bar as much as they would like. Um, so just, it, it kind of brought it all into bold relief for me. The idea that if you were a tier two player and playing, you had to keep playing if you wanted to have several drinks, but if you just walked to the bar and didn't gamble, then they'd be happy to pour you all the drinks that you would like. And they didn't even require that Mrs. TRG have a tier two card because I had a tier three card. They were happy to pour our drinks and, and we had a couple and we enjoyed a great evening of gambling. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about all of that in a minute. Some fun things that happened. Having and using a player's card is in many ways the easiest of the core concepts to implement in its basic form. You go to the table, the desk, you go to the rewards desk, the players club desk, you hand them some ID, they give you a card. Admittedly, understanding how and when to use a player's card and understanding the various reward system benefits does take a little effort and a little time. It is an important skill to develop, as important as the discipline and ideas involved in the gambling portions of the core concepts. Part of beating the game of casino gambling is extracting value from having and using a player's card. Today, I wanted to show you how this core concept is applied in a variety of situations with this illustration from our trip to Atlantic City. Okay, speaking of Atlantic City, 
We're going to do a travel segment next, and I'm going to share a couple weeks of results, observations, amusing anecdotes. Hey, I got it right that time. Anecdotes for the first couple of weeks of June 2022. Here we go. Just to set the stage, uh, for those of you who might be new, just as a reminder, for those of you who uh, might be back and, and sharing some of your time with us again today, we finished year two of the podcast very strong with cash profits after expenses in March, April, and May. So I started June and year three with a bit of trepidation. June a year ago was a rough month, our biggest losing month for the year. And it was hard not to go into June, as I said, with a bit of a trepidation, with a bit of concern that perhaps uh, there's an annual pattern. Once again, I can be superstitious like anybody. I can have some random thoughts that uh, are not always a winning mindset as I'm moving from point A to point B. I try to fix that as I walk into the casino. I try to fix that as I'm playing. But it was just in my head, right? Well, what if, like June last time, we got we got beat up this this time around again? I wasn't super worried. I was confident we had put enough of our winnings into our safes, our physical safe, our cloud safe, and a newly created vest safe. Um, I, I was sure we'd put enough money of our winnings aside to weather to weather a bad month if we had one. We're not going to get knocked out of the game of gambling because of a bad month. But after three months of winning, it was difficult not to feel like some losing should or could be coming our way. I mean, we can't just keep winning every month, right? We've had about three losing months a year every year that we've done this, all two years of it. Um, it feels like a lot longer than that in the best of ways. As I've told you, we were in the middle of a crazy move. We put half the house into storage early in the process. We were selling stuff off. We were giving stuff away. The house was barely functional. And as a professional gambler, yes, that's a tag I'm getting really comfortable with using. It's, it's the process of documenting this for two years has made it very obvious that in fact, I, I am a professional gambler, but as a professional gambler, then I had a job to do. I had things I needed to be on top of. I had things I needed to take care of. I gambled five days a week minimum. I continued to stop at the local slot parlors, get my free play, my gifts, my comps, my gift cards, and my meals. Sometimes at odd hours and on a strange schedule to accommodate this move. But I made sure to continue to do the things that needed to be done. I am not in this segment today. And probably, to be honest, something weird is going to have to happen for me to ever do this again with you. I like those early episodes. I like those early episodes where maybe there was one local visit and one trip that I took with my wife and I got to really illustrate for you. You know, I can I encourage you go to the episodes in the twenties and the thirties. If you want to see a very detailed stripped down, this is what I'm doing. But the reality is that for me to now go day by day, even if I did this once a week, which I'd like to get back to, but for me to go day by day, table by table, machine by machine, gift by gift, meal by meal, it's going to get very repetitive very, very quickly. I uh, get all my results at the end of the month. We started publishing my results. If you have not been to the website and you want to see results, the results for the last two months in $1 a day form are posted there. Uh, as blog posts, you can see the numbers, you can see the breakdowns in every category of everything we've done and everything we do, but I don't think you're going to enjoy it if I do that for a week of my life now, because it's five to seven days of gambling. If we take a trip, it's seven. I don't think you're going to find that uh, 
interesting. I think you're going to find it repetitive. So I'm not going to try to do that day. What I am going to do is tell you that over the course of 15 days, uh, including two hotel trips, one of which was a longer trip to Atlantic City, we finished with 15 days in profits after expenses. And we paid for some things. Uh, we we paid for the Saturday night stay in Atlantic City because they weren't willing to comp that. They were willing to discount it but not comp it. We obviously paid for things here and there along the way. It's not all free. Uh, there's tips involved. There's all that kind of stuff. But 15 days of effort, 15 days in profits after the expenses. So we won, I don't know, we won 17 or 18 days of money and we spent two or three days of money. And when it's all going like this, you just don't care. Or at least I don't care. It's not something we particularly are worried about after three winning months and winning at a high level and continuing to win at a high level. The, the expenses are just part of the process. Pay them, document them and go on. It, it's, it's not a big deal. So I'm, that's, that's what I'm going to share with you without a doubt. Nice win for the, for the, the two week period we're talking about. And we're going to move on to things that I think are more interesting. I often talk about the idea that for us, casinos act as a vacation club or a country club that pays us to be a member. We can kind of travel where we want to travel when we have time to travel and usually find a way to stay either free, often eat free, drink free, be entertained for free, get free stuff, and and uh, do that as our schedule allows. Sometimes we pay a little bit for something here or there, as I said. And that's nice because... As I told you, the house was a mess. The house is a mess. Things are taken apart. We've worked on the move like crazy. And Mrs. TRG says, it's time to take a break. Let's just take a night. Let's let's go an hour and a half west and north. And, and let's take a little break. So we, uh, we, we, we did that. And it worked out really, really well. Made a reservation. They comped us a room. We, uh, we, we drive west about an hour and a half. There's a My Choice property there without a hotel. We got some free stuff. We did some free bets. We did a little gambling. Then we go north about an hour and enjoyed a comp night at the great MGM property and then stopped by the nearby My Choice for a comp breakfast and some free bets before heading home. And then a few days later, I got a question from a longtime friend saying, hey, I'm going to be at the Tropicana in Atlantic City this weekend. Haven't been there in any in ages. Do you have any pointers for me? As I'm sharing that with Mrs. TRG, she says, well, our weekend's free. In fact, it's one of our last clear weekends for a while with this move and with the stuff with the grandkids and the christening. You should see how our comps are there. We might as well go over, see them a little bit. We haven't seen him in a while. He's got a new girlfriend. We could meet her. We could go to dinner with them. Why don't you check it out? So Tropicana was willing to comp everything, as I said, but Saturday, and they gave us a nice discount for Saturday. So on a very last minute basis, we headed over for a long weekend in Atlantic City. And apologies to East Coast Emissary and Atlantic City Empress for not letting you know. It was just very last minute, very spur of the moment, kind of based on uh, a friend going, and we just decided to make the trip. And the point I'm making here is, once again, this is not a look at us. This is not a brag. Our casino relationships, the things we've built over the course of this podcast, the things that I'm trying to show you, if you're interested, how you can also do that. Let us just walk away from a house in disarray, take a break from our move, and the casinos were happy to provide what we needed to just take a break. And they were certainly nicer spaces to hang out in. Our home was very nice. Our home was just a mess from the move and mostly boxes and half our stuff was gone and we were functioning off of paper plates and carry out. It was a nice little break. 
And, and I've got some more observations for you, but before I get too far ahead of myself, let's talk about some strange things I observed just in my local gambling. Once again, not going to go day by day, rest assured that every day I got given free stuff, free food, free bets, free slot play, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of just weird stuff I noticed. And the first one was I was at a table with two people that very clearly didn't know each other other than just this encounter at the blackjack table. And they were playing before I got there, but each time they would get a chance to do a double or a split, they would put out half of the money needed for the double or the split. And then asked the other person if they wanted to put up the other half. And they were doing it both ways. And I thought, oh, that's weird. This is a bet that's to your advantage. I mean, you're doubling a 10 against a dealer's five. That's a pretty strongly in your favor hand. Why do you want to give some of that strongly in your favor to another person? And I guess if you're the other person, you're like, hey, thanks for the opportunity. But it just, it just didn't seem to make any sense. It didn't seem to serve any purpose. I couldn't figure out the advantage for the most part to either of them. Now, Casino Wisdom number 70 teaches us do not loan money to or borrow money from strangers in a casino. And that's what they were doing, whether they realized it or not. They were loaning money for a bet or borrowing money for a bet, depending on which side of the transaction they were on. And that Casino wisdom exists for a reason. And the key part of that casino wisdom is the word strangers. I wouldn't have problems doing this with my wife. I wouldn't have problems doing this with Gabriel. I wouldn't have problems doing this with the walking Wikipedia. Those are people I know well. I know their addresses. I know their real names. I know their phone numbers. I know how to find them. I know they have plenty of resources and assets. So how does this end up? Does this story have a happy ending? Of course, this story doesn't have a happy ending. At some point, there was a dub, a split, and then a double that one person wanted to make. Oh, no, that's not what it was. There was a split, and then they doubled the first part of the split, and then the next half of the split required another split, and now the person with half the money in the split doesn't want to do the third split because they're running out of chips. And the person who who the hand belongs to is going, but half of that money is yours. You have to do this with me. And they're like, just hit it. Don't split it. And he's like, I don't want to. And so they're going back and forth. And the hand ends badly. And money is lost all the way around. And there's now an argument and uh, a strong argument. I don't want to go all the way to the word fight. But they both get up from the table without a lot of money. And they're both mad at each other. And they don't know each other. So I guess that doesn't matter. But they started doing something that makes no sense. They obviously weren't aware of Casino Wisdom 70, and how could they be? There's, you know, obviously everyone in the casino is not aware of this podcast, nor do they listen to this podcast if they are aware. But I just thought that's, I flagged that. I made some notes about that. So like, that's something I wanted to share. A, they were doing something weird. B, a Casino Wisdom applies. And C, it ended up with losing money hard feelings, and an argument that nobody really wanted to deal with. Dealer didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with it. I don't think they want to deal with it by the time they got there. A couple days later, I join a table. They're, 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 uh, they're, they're at the shuffle. They're getting ready to start over. And the one guy at the table is 
really angry, almost red-faced angry. And he is complaining loudly as the cards are shuffled. And you've done this for any period of time. You know how this goes. Doesn't matter who cuts the card. Doesn't matter where they cut it. It's not going to go well anyway. Blah, 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 blah. Everything's negative. Everything's bad. He's angry. He's shouting. Everybody else is tolerating it. Because what are you going to do? Walk away or, or, or tolerate it. And I just sat down. I've reached a point where I don't really care. I may ultimately just be amused by it. So he's angry and losing and losing and then losing and then making an anger bet that's way too big for the bets he's been making. And then he needs to double and he's got a huge amount of money out there, hundreds of dollars. And so he pulls out hundreds of dollars. So it's not that he's running out of money and then he wins the double and he's still angry, but he's angrily telling us, finally, finally, I have a profit. Finally, I'm winning, but he didn't walk away. He keeps playing and he's still mad. And he's still making these ridiculously large bets after he loses three or four. And he's angry that he has to do it. It shouldn't be necessary. And he's telling everybody that wants to listen. And I can't figure out, because in some cases, he goes from being all in to ahead hundreds and hundreds of dollars. At least he's telling us he's now won that much. And I'm like, how much did you want to win? You're all angry. You're all upset. I've watched you be mad for like half an hour now. And periodically, you tell me you have a profit. And from what I've seen you wager, you do have a profit. What are you trying to accomplish? Or are you just here to be mad? Or is this your anger management? You come in and you be angry, and that way you're not angry in public? I have no idea. Once again, from experience, wish Trucker Hat Mike would have been with me, because Trucker Hat Mike and I would have both known how this was going to end. It ended him with finally losing everything on the table and everything in his pockets and walking away with money in his hand less than the amount of one bet, way less than the amount he'd been betting, and muttering and angry and telling anyone who'll listen all the way out of the building. We have a casino wisdom, and it points out that emotional control, which is to say control of your emotions, is one of the toughest gambling skills to master. This guy isn't even close. Here's my take. Here's my takeaway for you if it isn't obvious. Let me be very, very clear. The reason I am bringing this to you today is if gambling, if a table, if a machine is making you this angry that you are going to rant at anyone who will listen for an extended period of time while making ridiculously large bets and not walking away when you have a profit, in my opinion... Maybe this is good therapy for you, but in my opinion, you are doing something very, very wrong. Gambling done well should not make you angry. It may make you a little annoyed and frustrated sometimes when things don't go your way, and it may be for a short period of time, and you need to take a break and step away. But if you are this angry and upset, you need to step away. You need to figure out why you're angry. You need to figure out if you can can, can, can deal with that. And if you can't, Maybe gambling isn't the thing for you. Gambling requires emotional control. We talk about it a lot. It's why I tell you that in many cases, particularly as you're starting out with all this, you need to walk away. You need to take a break. You need to get mentally out of the gambling space. And you certainly should never be this angry. And that's just stuck out to me. One to bring it all to you. Neat thing. Now, to, I you know, gave you a couple negatives. Let me give you a real fun positive. Uh, the, 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 the slot parlor with the horse track, um, gives me a food comp once or twice a month. 
and usually it is just enough to go to the food court at lunch and 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 get a, a ham and Swiss wrap or a cheeseburger every once in a while during Lent. They'll they'll do uh, fried shrimp, which is very good, but it's usually very basic sandwich and a bag of chips and a soda. Not much to it, and that's fine. That's the kind of lunch I would get anyway if I was paying for lunch. I'm not objecting to that. But because I had this weird schedule, right, because I was doing things at weird times, I found myself picking up um, picking up my whatever free thing it was, a ratchet set, a screwdriver set, something like that, playing my free slot play, and it was around dinner time, and I had a food comp available, so I printed the food comp, hadn't had a lot to eat all day, and I realized that the steakhouse was open. They have a really nice steakhouse, really nice high-end steakhouse. The food comp was not enough to buy a, a steak dinner and, and sides and, and everything else, but they are just opening up the, the restaurant for the evening. And I took a seat at the bar and had the most amazing steakhouse gourmet steak burger with garlic aioli and fried onion straws and gouda cheese and these great french fries and had a cocktail with it and then the the, the just wonderful 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 meal in contrast to the normal turkey wrap and bag of chips and and a root beer and then the the, the top on the whole thing is she says, the, the waitress says, the bartender says, did you want another drink as you're finishing up? And I said, no, that's fine. I will take a water. Uh, I, I got to drive and I got to get going. But this was this was great. And she says, well, and this ties back into what we were talking about earlier. I love when this happens. I did not plan this. But she says, do you have a player's card? And I say, oh, yeah, sure. And I hand her my card. And she says, oh, well, good. Now, you're, now your drink's half price. <laughs> and I had to pay for the drink. They can't comp drinks in my state. They're, they're not allowed to. Uh, so I knew I was going to be paying for the drink anyway, but the drink was half price because I had the right player's card. Just wonderful kind of outcome. Uh, casino lifestyle, right? I'm not sure turkey wrap in the food court with a bag of chips feels like a casino lifestyle. It feels like getting a free lunch, and that's great. But this definitely felt like casino lifestyle. Walked in, got my ratchet set, got some free money from free slot play, sat in a really cool room in a really cool bar, got a really nice gourmet meal, and uh, I think it cost me, the drink was $4 plus tip or something ridiculous like that. And that was out of money I'd won from their free play. So love that. And on that, on that kind of sense of casino lifestyle, I, uh, I mentioned that we need to kind of spur the moment, took that, uh, took that trip, uh, west and north for an evening just to kind of get out of the move process. And I really want to highlight the casino lifestyle part here because it's, uh, it's a Sunday morning. We've been to church. We've kind of buttoned things up around the house and make it as neat as possible for when we come back. Uh, at least as neat as a whole bunch of boxes and paper plates can be. And so we go down to my local casino and they comp us a free brunch and they make us omelets and they give us gift cards to go to our local big box store. And so that's free money to spend outside the casino. And then we make our trip west and we pick up our stuff and we go north for the evening and they give us free bets. I got a fun story about that in a minute. Um, they give us a free bed and they comp our dinner and then we get up the next morning and I say they comped our dinner. 
we ordered dinner from room service and we told them to take it out of our free tax-free imaginary money. So we self-comped, but it still didn't cost us anything. Um, and we then got up the next morning and checked out and went over to the My Choice property. As we're at the My Choice property, we had some free bets there and we went and let them comp us a breakfast because we had a comp for the, the sports bar there. That is casino lifestyle. Free hotel room, free brunch on the way, free money to spend at the big box store before, you know, on our way over. And in, as we were eating that free brunch, something came up just out of habit. Not like I think it's a big deal, but, uh, you know, just force of habit when the cashier at uh, at the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we ate brunch at the buffet at our local casino. And as we're doing that, I, I let my wife go before me to, up to the cashier. And the cashier says to, to, my, to Mrs. TRG, he is always just so nice to everyone. He is always just so nice. We appreciate that he goes out of his way to say thank you and to be nice. We really, really just appreciate it. Um, I, I didn't know that was true. I didn't know that was the case. I didn't know that I was perceived that way. Obviously, it was nice to hear. And so we will put that down as a hero moment. I, I told you we were going to get some heroes and some crooks here when we started this. Uh, and so that was one of uh, one of the hero moments kind of in this whole casino lifestyle piece here. So three casinos, three comped meals, a nice compliment. Um, and those are all meals we'd have spent money on if we'd stayed home in our packed up house. Mrs. TRG jokes lately that we don't keep much food in the house, particularly during the move. We just eat at the casinos. And that's true. And we usually don't pay to eat at the casinos. So while we're at this, and, and now this is probably going to be the flip side of things. So as I said, we, we finished the evening at this MGM property and I had a free bet. And the way it works there is you print the free bet slip at a kiosk. And then when you get to a table, you give it to the dealer who gives it to the pit boss, and then the pit boss has to look something up and print a different slip, and then you can bet the slip. Silly process from my point of view. Well, this process takes forever. We, we're like two shoes in, and Mrs. TRG is losing to the point where she's almost ready to leave, and I'm winning to the point where I'm almost ready to leave, and I'm going to offset her. As I said, we're like two shoes in, and I'm kind of laughing and making jokes about the fact that this is taking forever to get this this bet slip, that it shouldn't take this long. And the pit boss comes over and says, it's just taking him, it's just taking him, and he's kind of acting offended, and he's apologizing. And I said, look, you don't need to apologize. I said, but let's be honest. If you or I went to a fast food restaurant, and it took this long to get something very basic handed over to us, I said, I don't know about you, but I'd just kind of laugh it off and leave. And I said, I'm not leaving, but I am laughing at you. I do think it's pretty funny that it's taking this long. And at this point, the dealer kind of interjects and says, you know, Phil or George or Joe or whatever his name was, I, I think they're ready to leave. I, I think they've, they've been here a couple shoes and I, I think they're ready to get going and you still got the slip and they're ready to make their last bet and, and get going. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. And the print got, the slip got printed fairly quickly at that point. Um, but let's be honest, that was kind of a crook moment. <laughs> Laughing at a pit boss and giving him a hard time about something is probably not the kindest thing I could have been. I certainly wasn't a hero in this mold. And then again, I will point out to our casino wisdom and say, if you don't ask, you don't get. And my jokes were kind of a way of asking. We had a wonderful trip. As you know, we won some money. 
enjoyed that casino lifestyle a little bit, took advantage of our vacation club, took advantage of our country club, headed back home and did some local gambling. And I want to pull one item directly from my notes. And I really want to share this with you. Normal day at the casino. Walk in, park, they, they comp my parking, I get my free whatever, and I find a blackjack table, and I lose seven hands in a row right after I sit down. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, may have been a double in there. May have been eight units on seven hands. And I record the loss, and it's so quick that I didn't really even get up. Uh, I, I didn't need to get out of the mental gambling space. It's a place I'm at every day, five days a week sometimes. I'd been there five minutes. There was zero reason in my mind, seven hands into the shoe, eight units down, to get up and walk five steps and sit down at another table and variance, right? If I'd lost seven in a row, there's a good chance that the other side of the variance is going to catch and I'm going to be fine. So record the notes. Here we go again. I buy in, table two, 10 units, and the same thing happens, almost. I think I won the first hand and then lost the next seven. So now, okay, fine. I've lost the equivalent of seven, you know, eight units at the first table, six units at the second table, and, and I record the results and... I, this is the part from my notes I wanted to share. This is the part I wanted to tell you about. I am kind of mentally at this moment having an oh crap moment, uh, a doubt moment, a none of this works moment. Uh, I'm having that moment of doubt. I'm having that moment of fear. Uh, haven't, haven't had things go this badly in a very, very, very long time. Not that I haven't had plenty of situations where the first two tables are losing tables, but this was just fast. This was just brutally fast and it's, it's hitting me hard. And so I wait for the end of the shoe. I buy in again at tier two of the Meta Martingale. And if you're not familiar, that's double the buy-in, double the unit size. Uh, episode 64, I think, is one of the places I've covered it. I covered it again a couple of episodes back from this one. And in that moment, in that moment of doubt and pain, uh, mental pain, obviously, I remember Casino Wisdom number 82, uh, created created by one of our Inner Circle members, um, and, and I, rem- and I remember that I remember what keeper of wisdom who created casino wisdom number 82, because he was in the 82nd airborne division of the U S army. It's something that he used to tell the troops he was leading into battle and he would tell them, we can't wish our way out of a bad situation. We have to trust our techniques and our training. And, uh, that is really wisdom folks. That is very, very much wisdom. It's very, very much something that I keep in mind, and it, it needed to be in my mind at this moment because I, I really was I was really doubting myself, and, and that's inevitable sometimes. And here's the outcome. I quickly won more than I had lost, and then another day's pay on top of it. The Meta Martingale worked just exactly the way it's supposed to. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. I said hi to Gabriel on my way out, checked in with him, talked to a couple other friends, Tipped a couple dealers that I hadn't played with that I hadn't tipped in the process because they had moved through the table on break or whatever. It all did just what it's supposed to do. The casino wisdom is true. The techniques work. But the point is, I thought maybe some of you would appreciate that if it can happen to me at this point in the process with the kind of run I've been having, the kind of binge that I've been on, taking money everywhere I go, taking free stuff everywhere I go, it can happen to any one of you who's listening. If you ever get in a situation where you're going, that guy's a liar and this stuff doesn't work and I, I'm going to bail. I'm just going to wish my way out of this. That's what the casino wisdom is for. 
it's it's to reassure you. And that's why I wanted to pull this moment out of my notes and let you know it happens to me. And it is normal if it happens to you. And the best thing I could advise you is if you have listened, if you have prepared your bankroll correctly, if you've prepared your extra money correctly, if you've done the things I've talked about, you're going to have these moments once in a while. I still have them. And the best thing you can do is apply Casino Wisdom 82, trust what we do, trust the arsenal, trust the techniques, record your data, play through. I think you will find that just like me, more often than not, a short period of time later, you're going to look back and feel foolish and kind of feel silly that you went through that. And I wanted you all to know it is normal. As I said, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone listening. And it certainly can happen to anyone listening who didn't invent this stuff over the course of 20 plus years the way I have. And that's why I wanted to pull this out. And that's why I want to share this. And that's why I'm taking a kind of different format here and pulling the important stuff out and skipping the, oh, by the way, I got a frying pan. That's why I'm kind of doing it this way. And if you don't like it, tell me. If you like the other way better, I guess I should have said that at the beginning. If you don't like it this way, if you like the other way better, if you think I'm wrong and it wouldn't be boring, send me an email, trg at casinocombat.com, spell combat with a K. Tell me what you think. I am open to doing our podcast any way we would like it done. As I'm in that winning part of this story, uh, this anecdote, boy, I'm using that word a lot. As I'm in that process playing and winning, I'm also coaching a player that's joined me who has admitted they're new and they would like some help. And the dealer has said, this is, you couldn't have a better person to help you. And it's just simple stuff, basic strategy and what the side bet means and whether it's a good idea, just really easy stuff. And they won some money and uh, as I'm winning and they said, wow, I, I, I've, I've won over half of what I sat down with. And the dealer kind of looked at me. I said, if you're new to all this, you should, re- you should walk away. I said, and they kind of looked at me. I said, I'm not telling you you need to leave the casino if you're having a good time. I said, take a break. Go over and look at the Buddha statue. Make a note on how much you've won. Be sure you, you're happy with your win. If you're happy with your win, go home. They'll be here tomorrow. They're here all day, every day. If you want to play some more, play some more. But that's just my advice. And they did. And the dealer looked at me and said, you are the only professional player I know who is nice to everyone. You are nice to the dealers. You are nice to other players. You are willing to help people. Most of the other players I know are jerks to everyone and you are not that way and that is really interesting because normally professional players are just a pain for all of us and and that's not you and that's really that's really pretty cool so there you go another hero moment if we if you want to see it that way i told you we were going to do some heroes and crooks keep that in mind because we are going to do some game with gabriel in a minute and you may see things in a different light so that was kind of the local gambling break. I told you that Mrs. TRG at this point in the story has had remarked uh, around this time that we should make the surprise trip to Atlantic City and join our friend. And uh, so off to Atlantic City we go. And I've told you we checked in at the Tropicana and that we spent our time there and that they comped most of our nights and they comped our resort fees because I'm at the third tier in their reward system because I know my key, my core concepts and I have a player's card and I use a player's card. So we're not paying resort fees. We're paying a small amount of money for Saturday night and getting Thursday, Friday and Monday comped. Love the Tropicana. Love the restaurants there. We're settled in. And uh, 
the the second morning, the 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 second day we're there, the first morning that we're there, the weather's nice, and Mrs. TRG decides she's going to go have a beach day, and I go down to the casino and I'm doing a little gambling and get up from well, I actually left the craps table. Um, one little money at the craps table, left the craps table. I'm looking for a blackjack table and who is sitting there, but my good friend from my local casino, my longtime friend and ally trucker, Mike, <laughs> I've told you it helps to have allies. It's good to have allies. Uh, trucker Mike is a great friend. Uh, I love playing with him. Any chance we get, we've played with him in, um, Laughlin. We played with him in Laughlin when he was there with his wife and met his wife several years ago before I started the podcast. I find out that there was a charter that I was not aware of that I was not on, and he had come in about 7 o'clock the night before on a Caesars charter, and he was leaving very early Monday morning, and that's also why my my longtime friend from the, the, the amateur wrestling world had come to the Tropicana why he had sent me the the note asking me for pointers and kind of why we had come over uh, and we had an extra day. We had more time because we had driven over and that's all fine. But it's just ironic that, you know, I come uh, seven and a half, eight hours east from our home and there's my good friend, Trucker Mike. And so he's telling me that uh, he, he says, you TRG, you, you would not be proud of me, but I got to tell you, at last night, I wish I'd have listened to you. He says, I, uh, I came in last night. We got here about seven. I, uh, my, my bags weren't at my room yet. So I cleaned up a little bit real quick and came down to play. And I was at that, that $50 table back there and just boom, 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 half a shoe, won a whole bunch of money. Uh, in, in, uh, our terms, he won almost three days pay just really fast, really quick. He goes, and I should have listened to you. I should have walked away. I should have at least taken a break. He goes, they actually have a fountain back there. Did you see it? I said, yeah, I've seen the fountains. He goes, I should have just walked over and listened to you and looked at the fountain. He goes, but I didn't. I wanted to keep playing. He goes, and I think you teach that too. I think it's a wisdom. And I said, yeah, you have to want the win more than you want the action. He goes, I didn't. He goes, I wanted the action. I came here. Caesars brought me here. I wanted to play. He goes, I lost it all back and then lost about that much again of my own money. And I just thought, and he goes, and in that moment, he goes, it's so cool that you're here. Because as I was doing this last night, I thought the next time I see TRG, I've got to tell him that I completely screwed it up, that I should have listened to him. And, and I didn't. And I thought you would appreciate that story. And and I did. I mean, I feel bad. I felt bad at the time. I feel bad now. Um, but it is situations like that. I think that we all learn and grow from. He had reviewed in his head what he had done. And realized from listening to the podcast that maybe he could have gotten some better outcomes if he'd had a little more emotional control. And it's a journey, right? It's a process. We, we, you know, those things didn't get written because I never did what he did. Those things got written. Those things became part of the podcast. Those things became part of my process because I did exactly what he did so many times and then went back to my hotel room feeling unhappy with myself about doing it and I learned from it and I grew and I'm hoping that through stories like this through the casino wisdoms through me taking time to recount that some of you are learning more quickly but that doesn't mean you're going to do it right every time it was great because we ran into trucker Mike multiple times during our trip 
Uh, in fact, the next day we, we ran into him twice, got to talk to him once and got to play one time with him for a long time in the evening. And it went kind of like this. We went down to Bally's the next day because we, uh, we, we had some free stuff down there and we, we want to keep Bally's as one of our brands as long as we can when we're in Atlantic City. We, we like the property. We like the rules. The blackjack rules are amazing. In fact, that's, that's what I want to tell you about because there's a neat trick. If you have Atlantic City available to you, if you have uh, the ability at Bally's in Atlantic City to play at a level where they give you free bets, Bally's has some of the best rules in Atlantic City. They allow surrender and they allow something that I think is the most absurd thing. And maybe there's some gaming commission regulation that makes them do this. But I saw a player before I ran into Trucker Mike. And we'll get into, I, I told him this trick and we'll get into the rest of the experience. But I saw someone do this. They walked up and they had this huge stack of free bets, like five free bets. And it turns out that each of the free bets is for a hundred dollars. And so the guy makes the first free bet and he gets like a, a hard 18 against a dealer's nine. Now that's not a hand under basic strategy that you would normally surrender. And so I was surprised when he scratched uh, horizontally across the table to indicate to the dealer that he wanted to surrender his hand. And then I instantly understood because if that had been a hundred dollars in chips, the dealer would have pulled the hundred dollars to their side of the table, taken off two of the chips, half for the surrender, and then handed back because surrender is I'm not going to play my hand. I'm just going to give you half my bet and keep the other half. The dealer takes the paper slip with the $100 printed on it and then hands over two green chips. The way they are doing surrender at Bally's, at least at the present time, is if you make a free bet and you surrender it, you get half the money back in chips. That's what this gentleman did with all of his free bets. He surrendered everything. I saw him surrender 20 against a dealer's six. He said the only things he doesn't surrender are blackjacks because blackjacks pay even money. He said anything other than that, I don't care what I get. He goes, I'm going to walk away with half of the value on the slips or more every time. I thought that was just Looney Tunes. I thought that was just crazy. I mean, at most, I'd have had the pit boss come over and scratch out the $100 and write 50 on it and let him bet a free $50 bet having surrendered half of his free bet. There had to have been some, and once I said, maybe it's gaming commission. I have no way of knowing. I just thought that was ironic. And I guarantee you, anytime I get free bets from Bally's, Mrs. TRG gets free bets from Bally's, that is what we are going to do. And when we ran into Trucker Mike at Bally's, he's telling me that they tear matched him to Caesars and gave him, I forget what it was. Don't quote me on this. Trucker Mike, if I get it wrong, sorry. But they gave him like two $50 free bets. And I told him about this, and he was as surprised as I was that they would allow that to be processed that way. What else? What else? What else do I have to tell you about? I mentioned TRG slot strategy, El Numero Dos, uh, early in the process, early in the podcast today, early in the, the, this episode of our podcast, because of my question from VCPD. Should have mentioned it at the time, and if I didn't, I apologize, but uh, that slot strategy is actually available uh, once again, if you're new, if you've not heard me talk about this, I came up with a, a slot strategy that actually makes money fairly regularly. 
that should not be a thing. I accept that that should not be a thing. But it's enough of a thing, particularly early in the podcast, it was enough of a thing that I was winning enough money that I had to be transparent. I had to tell the full truth, nothing but the truth, as accurately as I could. And so I wrote the whole thing down as an ebook. And if you go to casinocombat.com, there's a section called Fred. Fred was a bot for a long time that passed out documents to listeners. Now Fred has been incorporating the podcast, but you can free of charge, completely free of charge, download my ebook, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, and it will tell you how to use my slot strategies to make money playing slots. And that's done really, we had a couple bad months. We had well, maybe more than that without looking at the records. We had several bad months where this slot strategy, st- slot strategy, wow, easy for me to say, did not make us any money. It generated tier credits, it generated free tax-free imaginary money, it generated free slot play, but it did not generate cash money. And that's now reversed itself. And we've had two really good weeks. And I once again wanted to highlight one of those. And I wanted to tie it back into our casino wisdom conversation from a free minutes or f- three minutes ago. <laughs> from a few minutes ago. Uh Heidi uh, Heidi's Beer House and Heidi and Hannah's Beer House is one of the machines that we play fairly regularly, that we have good luck with. It fits all of our requirements. It's got a fun motif. My wife has a, a background in German dance from when she was younger. Uh, we have relatives that are in a German dance group, so it, it fits really well just from a variety of ways. It's a fun machine. We look for it when we see it, and it does generate bonuses often enough to be useful. And so I was playing a a Heidi's Beer House machine and it's not going super well. I've been playing for a while. I've been been getting lots of the the non-cash stuff and I'm getting to the top of the board in the strategy, which means I'm down a good bet. You know, I'm actually to the point where to make the last few bets, I don't have enough money in the machine to make what would be the, the next five, six bets that I need to make to finish the strategy. If I make those five, six bets and don't hit something, I'm going to have a big loss relative to this particular strategy. So I, we've been winning, 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 as you've heard to this point. So I wasn't super concerned. I pull out an extra hundred dollars. I throw it in the machine, make a couple losing spins. And now I make the first bet at the highest level of the machine. And in this slot strategy, I'm going to make four of those bets. And if they do not pay more than the amount of the bet, I'm going to be done. And if they pay just a little more than the amount of the bet, I'm going to be starting over and I'm going to be really in the hole. I'm going to be really negative for this pop, this process. So I make that first bet at the top level. I get a whole bunch of Heidi's that generates the bonus round. I get a red Heidi uh, a frame, the, the frames of the, the Heidi icon matter. And if you get a, a red frame around Heidi and you have five or more Heidi's, that determines how many free spins you get. And if you have the red one, you also get a to spin a bonus wheel. And when I spin the bonus wheel, I get a progressive jackpot and then I get a bonus spin on the bonus wheel, which gives me extra free spins. And then in the free spins, I get something that gives me another progressive bonus. And I end up with a very, very nice win for the machine. I end up uh, like tripling my initial uh, deposit. Great win. But that's not why I mentioned that. We, we have a variety of great wins. The reason I mention that is that need to put in some additional money. The fact that I'm recognizing that I'm almost out a hundred bucks 
I don't have enough to make the last six, five, whatever it was, bets. I'm going to have to make some big bets. If they don't pay off, I'm going to be out more money. It's gone longer than I normally like it to go. And I reference you back, as I said, Casino Wisdom number 82. There was no way to wish myself out of that. I could get up and walk away. I could give up. I could not do what should be done. So I could walk out. Unlike the military, the military can't walk out. A keeper of wisdom, when he made that casino wisdom, he was drawing from a place of something you couldn't just say, this isn't going well, I don't want to be here. I could have walked away. I could have wished myself out of the situation, if you will. But I drew on that casino wisdom to say, no, let's treat this as a situation I can't wish myself out. I can't get in the DeLorean, go back in time, and tell myself not to play this machine. I need to trust my techniques. I invented my techniques. I've seen them work before. I need to do what I would tell anyone else to do. I need to put the money in the machine. I need to make the wagers. I did, and I got rewarded for it. And once again, that's the highlight in its totality. In its totality. Take all of it together. Take what ECE calls the casino combat arsenal. It will get you through these situations. It will pay off. It will work out for you. I got a ton of points. I got a ton of tier credits. I will have a ton of free play the next time I'm back in that building, I suspect. All the good things will happen, and not every time. And yes, there are months where it doesn't work out in one particular aspect of doing what I do and what I call casino combat. You got to trust the techniques. You're going to do them, do them. If you're not going to make slot play part of your game, don't make slot play part of your game. But if slot play is part of what you do, be committed to playing it through to the end. And so that's why I wanted to pull that little one out for you. All right, this is uh, this has gone a bit long. I Wow, I see how I've gone almost 45 minutes in this segment. A couple quick things. Quick uh, trick, technique, tip, whatever you want that I uh, picked up in Atlantic City. We, we do take some cabs from here to there, either heat or alcohol or not wanting to drive in a strange city or those types of things. We make some key decisions there. We haven't necessarily been doing Ubers, and I noticed something strange and then got it explained to me. Everywhere we went, from casino to casino, was $13. It didn't matter if we were going from the Tropicana, which is on one end of the boardwalk, to Caesars, which is halfway, or if we were going from the Tropicana down to Resorts or Oceans, which is further, or going from Tropicana to Harris, which is a long distance, it was always $13. And I remarked on that to one of the drivers, and he pointed to a sign, and apparently there is a law in Atlantic City that if you're going from casino to casino, everything's $13. Well, it's easier to get a cab than it is to get an Uber. At least you just walk out and they whistle and there's a cab. And then two, Uber can have surcharges. Uber can have surges. Uber can have fees because of fuel. Uber isn't regulated by Atlantic City, by the city, by the state. They can charge what they charge, and you can decide to pay or decide not to take the ride. But we should all know that in Atlantic City, if you want to take a cab from a casino to a casino, you're going to pay 13 bucks plus tip. One last one. Kind of a crook move here a little bit, and it's going to tie into something that I want to talk about later in the virtual VIP lounge. And I didn't really realize that when I planned this episode, but as I'm getting into it, as I'm talking about it and kind of uh, speaking off the cuff here, it fits. So we went to Harrah's to see uh, a magic show, a magic show that we bought tickets for called Masters of Illusion. I think there was a WB show of the same name with some of the same people. It's not something I'm really familiar with. And so we were, uh, we, we took an, I took a cab out there and we're playing and we're having some drinks 
And we reached the point where I was going to have to go third tier of the Meta Martingale. Something. Oh, and that reminds me, I got to tell you one more thing. Official thing. I'll tell you that in a minute. It's just a, a note that you all need to be aware of. It's, it'll be quick. So I tell Mrs. TRG, hey, I, I've got to go to third tier of the Meta Martingale. And she's getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable with me doing that because she's seeing it work out. And she's not something she'd do, but she's starting to be less annoyed with me when I do it because she's seeing the good results. I said, so since I got to do that, I'm going to go play in high limit and you're welcome to come with and sit down and watch. I'm sure there'll be plenty of room. And she goes, well, I think I'm going to go to the ladies room and then I'm going to, I'm going to play some slots and then I'll come catch up with you. If you're, if you're going to leave there, text me and I'll tell you where I am. So I say, cool, fine. And one of the things I'd been annoyed with on the main floor is that I'm sure it's because of the pandemic, but I'm getting sick of excuses for my uh, casino lifestyle being degraded because of the pandemic. They are serving very nice drinks in cardboard cups. Cardboard cups that quickly deteriorate. Little, small, tiny cardboard cups. It doesn't affect the poor, but it's annoying when you're pouring me a very nice bourbon in a plastic cup. Or a cardboard cup. I mean, I'm, I'm tolerating plastic, but cardboard is in my mind a step below that. And I, I'm not loving it. I'm really not. And it, it's happening a lot of places. So I go to High Limit, and the waitress comes by, and she asks me if I'd like a drink. And I, I, I give her my drink order, and I said... and you know, at $100 a hand or more, I said, I'd really appreciate a real glass if that would be possible. And didn't know if it would be or not. And she walks away and, and comes back a few minutes later with my drink. And it's in a very nice glass, not plastic, not cardboard. And she says, I'm the breaker. This is not normally my 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 spot. I'm, I'm just giving everybody breaks. If if you order another drink from the from the next waitress, just tell her you brought that glass from home, that it belongs to you. Because I wasn't supposed to do that, even though I agree with you that at $100 a hand, you should not get a cardboard cup. She goes, just tell her that you brought the glass from home and that I poured the, the drink into the glass from the cardboard cup for you. And I said, okay, well, I can take the glass with me when I leave if you want me to. And she goes, that would really be best for all of us. And I said, okay, cool. My time in High Limit went very well. Mrs. TRG joined me. And I very quickly got to the point where I had a very nice profit for that process, for that section of the, the, the Meta Martingale, the four tables involved or whatever. I had my day's pay and uh, went to the men's room and rinsed out and dried out the glass and put it in an inside pocket in my vest, which is one of the great things about being, uh, being someone who wears the casino combat vest is that you can do things like that. And we left for the show, and you're going to hear more about that in a little while. But let's be honest, stealing a glass, even with permission, is still stealing a glass. Uh, so kind of, kind of a crook move. Hadn't realized I needed to tell you this, but I do need to tell you this. So quick behind the scenes note through this process, through the process of this month, Mrs. TRG made a decision that she's been talking about for a while and it's served us well. She is, uh, she's now a full-time green chip player. She has played green chips in the past. Green chips are $25 chips. If you're not aware, she's played green chips sometimes in the past, not as her first choice, but because it's like New Year's Eve in Las Vegas and either we're not going to play or she's going to play green chips. We, we find ourselves in situations sometimes where she can't play her preferred unit size, which has traditionally been whatever the smallest table available is. Her first choice historically has been, if there's a $5 table, I'll play $5. If there's a $10 play table, I'll play $10. 
If there's a $15 table, I'll play $15. And if there are $15 and 25s, uh, TRG, not what she calls me, obviously, but TRG, let's please please find $15 tables where we can play together. I don't play $15 tables anymore. I do not play red chips as my primary chips anymore. That's not where I'm at. That's not what I do. But you need to all be aware, and this just made me think about it, we are getting a wider range of tables available to us because she is now playing consistently at a higher dollar amount. And if uh, it's, it's very possible, uh, so, uh, let me say it a different way, not very possible. It's true that she had some nice wins on this trip and some of our results are slightly skewed from historical norms because Mrs. TRG is now consistently playing at a green chip level. So I do need to cover that as, as part of our results. Our results are somewhat skewed from, as I said, historical norms because of that decision that she has decided to make. All right. Excellent. Let's do a little gambling with Gabriel. This went a little long. I guess you deserve a little long given that uh, I've been away for a while. I got a fun little gambling with Gabriel story for you. A lot of people enjoyed it in the moment. One gentleman did not. And I wanted to break that story out and tell it to you because Gabriel's involved in its own little gambling with Gabriel segment. Let's do that. Often when I do gambling with Gabriel segments, I'm I'm talking about craps because when I started the podcast, Gabriel and I were good friends who were who met through blackjack play, and then he gradually became more of a craps player, and I went on a craps journey because of him. And often I use those to talk about craps, and that's not what I'm going to do today. Uh, I literally did do some gambling with Gabriel. And, and did it playing some blackjack and, and it ended up being funny to some people and not funny particularly to one person, but, uh, Gabriel existed. As I say on the website in the inner circle section segment, uh, portion of the website, Gabriel existed before the podcast existed, before there was an inner circle. Uh, he, he literally is member zero of casino combat. He is member zero of the squad. Uh, he acted as a sounding board for my ideas. He helped me refine my ideas. I often say he is the angel messenger of casino combat in, in every way, shape, or form. We talk regularly. Between this move and him more playing craps and me being, you know, during this move, I've just been go in, get my money, leave. Skip the drink at the beginning. And sometimes just check in with him for a few minutes. I, I, I've been very businesslike in, in a very positive way. But we've had several conversations over over the, the time preceding this episode where he's said something and said, I'm sorry, that sounds arrogant and pompous. And then I've said to him, oh, I didn't take it that, that way. It's true. I guess it is. I guess you are being arrogant and pompous. And I guess I am, too, because I agree. I'm I'm we're alike. So is it is it arrogant and pompous if it's actually true? And we've had some we've had some some good fun joking around about that. And and arrogant and pompous has been a bit of a theme between us for for you know probably over a month now. And so as I said, crazy schedule. I haven't been seeing him as much, or I've just been you know checking in with him real quick. And I had a little extra time, and I had a nice uh, I had a nice little win. 
So I finished, I hit a positive X point, but it wasn't enough to leave for the day, and I wasn't in a hurry. And I was going to play again, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go up to the bar, take a little break, which I often recommend, grab a water, uh, grab a bourbon, and, and check in with Gabriel and, and see what's going on. And so I grabbed the drink, and I stopped to see him at the craps table, and we talked a little bit and sipped a little bit. And he said, you know, I'm not throwing very well. I've, I've had the dice three, four times. I'm not throwing very well. If you're going to another blackjack table, we should just go hang out and play cards. We haven't done that in a long time. And I said, oh, you're absolutely right. That sounds great. I'm going anyway. Let's go do that. And he goes, well, okay, but I need to stop and grab a drink. Uh, oh, okay, cool. I mean, it's nine steps. It's not like it's far. And so we, we go to the bar and Gabriel says to the bartender, I need a blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, can you just add... To, to TRG's drink. I know he's not done and you know he doesn't want to chug that down, but can you just add to his drink too? It's on me. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And the bartender went, yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm not supposed to, but I will. Don't tell anybody, guys. <laughs> it's like, well, it's great to have allies is what Gabriel and I are kind of saying to ourselves. And uh, so I'm probably walking around with the, equi- the equivalent of a triple in my cup. And uh, so we start playing and we're having fun and the waitress comes by and we've known this waitress for over 10 years. She's a day one person. So he says to her, are, are you covering one pit or two pits today? Because it's a you know slow Tuesday or whatever it is. And she says, I have two. And so he says, okay, bring us another round because I know it'll take you a little while because we're at the beginning of the route. And there's the problem, right? Familiarity breeds contempt. We, we know where we are on the waitressing route and and the time involved we kind of got a sense of all that and so she says okay and she leaves and she brings the drinks right back and says here i knew you guys didn't you guys don't need to wait you're always good to me i just want to take care of you right away and then i'm they're they're making everybody else's drinks and i'll go get them and hand them out but i had them make yours first and just figured i'd bring them to you real quick it's good to have allies, right? We talk about having allies all the time, and it's good to have allies, but that's really more bourbon than I really probably would have normally consumed, would have planned on consuming in such a short period of time. And a fair amount of bourbon fairly quickly, and I tried to take it easy, and I tried to sip, not glug, but I'm, and why am I telling you all that? Why am I revealing my beverage behavior? Because I think we probably need to understand that that contributes to this. You're hearing the story to set up the part of the story before the story that I'm going to tell you. I have uh, rambled, rambled in typical rambling gambler fashion, I guess, at this point. So we're playing, and there's a guy with us who was there when we sat down, and he's playing wrong. Uh, you know, He's not hitting his 16s. He's not hitting his 15s. He's making a various, various other play mistakes. And then the crazy part is, so he's not hitting his 16s, and then I'm taking a card, and it's giving me the perfect card. His perfect card, not always my perfect card. Sometimes I'm doubling and getting his 5 when I would have gotten a 10. But I'm not upset about it. I'm not losing necessarily because of it. Um, But it's just happening consistently. And in some cases, I'm not even sure he realizes it. And I'm laughing at him and I'm not laughing with him. And he eventually realizes that I am in fact laughing at him and he's mad. And he's now, why are you laughing? And I said, well, you're, you're playing wrong on purpose and you're losing and you wouldn't have to because almost always the next card would help you out. And I said, sorry, I'm just finding it amusing. I'm just finding it funny. So now he's really mad. He's like, so you want me to play your way, right? And I said, I don't really care doesn't matter to me no you just want me to do what you want me i said i don't 
I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want to do. I, it, it, it's, it's fine. Oh, fine. Oh, fine. He pulls out more money. He's like, I'll play your way. And now Gabriel's laughing and I'm laughing. And I said, honestly, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Please don't change your play style because of me. That You do not need to do that. And Gabriel now chimes in and he says, we're winning. You can do every, whatever you want. We don't care if you lose being wrong. It doesn't matter to us at all. And at this point, the guy looks at me and I said, he's right. I, I, I told you, I don't care. However, I reserve the right to be amused and entertained by your failure. That's probably a crook moment if we're keeping score. Honestly, just after I said it, I felt bad. I really did. So we continue to play, and he's not hitting his 16s and losing, and I'm laughing. And then he's hitting his 16s and losing, and I'm laughing because he's now completely random. And, and I'm not sure why I'm laughing. It's just, it's gotten comical to this point. And he's getting angrier and angrier. And as he's continuing to lose, he's like, you're just so arrogant. Both of you, you are just so arrogant. And you're just smug. And you're just sitting there. And I just looked at him and I said very quietly, I said, are we arrogant? Or we are, are we just confident in our skills and results? Are you confident in your skills and results? We are. I'm sorry if you think that's arrogant. I'm sorry if you think winning consistently because of skill is arrogant i guess if that's true we are we're arrogant and we're smug because we know we know how to win but we'd also teach you how to win if you were interested and now he's just angry he that goes right by him the offer to teach him how to win goes right by him and a few minutes later he has zero chips and he leaves and i'll this is this is not in my notes but i'm, I'm gonna say this notice how many times other people who are mad in this little episode, not little, it's running along, I get it. Uh, but in this episode, notice how many times, and this wasn't intentional, it's just kind of a revelation as I'm doing this, because I'm just doing this from, from bullet points, over and over, people are mad and leaving with almost no money. And yet, people who are admittedly arrogant, smug, and pompous are consistently using skill to win money. I just, I'm, I, in, in, re as I reflect here, that is a recurring theme, you know? And, and I, I really wish this guy would have not been so angry that he couldn't go, oh, wait, you'll teach me how to do what you're doing? I wish he had. As I said, he left with no chips. He left mad. He left mad at us. And I think he left mad at himself because by the end, he was just guessing. He went from, I don't hit my 16s and lose to I sometimes do and sometimes don't. And either way I lose and I'm getting laughed at no matter what. Not my proudest moment. Not my proudest moment at all. However, I was amused. Gabriel was amused. The dealer was amused. And then the whipped cream on top of the icing on the cake was one of our favorite pit bosses. Great guy. Known him for years. Comes over. And he's giving someone else a break. He's breaking one of the other pit bosses. And he comes over and says, I was just across the aisle when that all happened. He goes, I got to tell you, TRG, that is the funniest thing I've heard someone say to another guest in a very long time. And he's kind of chuckling. He goes, I reserve the right to be amused and entertained by your failure. That's brilliant, TRG. That is just brilliant. <laughs> I always have a good time gambling with Gabriel. 
Hopefully you enjoyed that as much as the pit boss did, as much as Gabriel and I did. Let's adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge. I have a couple of observations slash stories for you. Then we'll wrap things up for the episode. I'm hoping you're going to hear from me again very, very soon. This virtual VIP lounge is probably going to be a bit more of a teach than it is just a fun story, but I just gave you the fun story. And I think the teach is very important because I've, uh, I've had a bit of a revelation. I've had a bit of an epiphany and we're going to adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge and I'm going to share that with you. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must listen to moment in casino lifestyle podcasting, the virtual VIP lounge. As always, we have the virtual best of virtually everything. Virtual beer, virtual wine, virtual spirits, virtual hard seltzer has been added to the menu in the virtual VIP lounge. We have still in sparkling water in virtual form. We have handcrafted sodas and locally bottled artisanal pop. Help yourself to something virtual if you must. If you can, press pause, pour yourself something in real life. If that's possible for you today, we have a very serious topic to discuss. We need to talk about the responsibilities that go along with putting on the casino combat vest. And I'll get to that in a second, but a serious and thoughtful topic requires a serious and thoughtful beverage. So I've poured a small amount of 12-year-old scotch today from a bottle I recently acquired. I am going to pause myself right now and take a sip. All right. Now I'm ready for our serious topic. We all know that with great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben taught us that in Spider-Man a very long time ago. My revelation, my epiphany that has occurred over the last month or so is that the casino combat vest gives the wearer great power in a variety of ways. Yes, people think you are security or an employee and they get out of your way. They also ask you for help in some situations. Yes, law enforcement and security in the casino often think that you are one of them and give you an extra head nod or greeting. Those are all true. Those are all things I did not expect when I ordered my casino combat vest. I did not realize that it was going to convey that kind of power. But it's more than that. And here's the background. Here's the story before the story about the story that I want to tell you to explain the great power that you acquire when you put on the casino combat vest. At my local casino and at some other casinos, a woman or a man walking in with a bag or a handbag is going to have that bag or handbag searched. And not always vigorously, it depends on the casino, but they're going to at least ask to be to pause at the entrance and open their bag and, and have the contents examined. Recently, before the story I'm going to tell you occurred, so this is the story before the story, recently a woman opened her bag as I was walking into the casino and I'm waiting behind her and she is asked, she has a small knife and she is asked to either surrender it or take it back to her car and she decided to take it back to her car. Fine, cool, everybody doing their job, no one's upset. As I'm going about my business in the casino, and I'm a tier three guest at that point, I'm actually a tier four guest now, but as I was going about my business, I realized that tier four guests are being given a gift. And that gift is a very large block of very large kitchen knives. So I made this ironic, boy, that word's coming up a lot too. I make the rather ironic observation to the pit boss that I'd seen a woman denied entry at the security checkpoint point because she had a knife in her bag and then the casino is handing out this big block of kitchen knives to everybody 
And one of the other players at the table goes, yeah, and a lot of them are women and a lot of them are drunk. Who thought of this? So had that observation and that got me thinking about the fact that since I don't ever get searched, vests don't get searched. No one says, sir, would you open your vest? Sir, what do you have in your pockets? They would never think to do that. But because of that, because they would never think to search me, I routinely bring things into the casino that others would not be allowed to bring in. If Mrs. TRG put the contents of my vest in her purse and tried to walk in, they would not let her in. I have knives. I have pepper spray. I have a metal tool that can break glass. I'm not sure why I ever need that, but I have it. By extension, if it will break glass, it will probably break heads as well. There's a fair amount of responsibility with carrying those things. Now, I carry those because we have a casino wisdom that teaches us you always carry defense because you always carry cash. But that is a responsibility, and that really got driven home to me in Atlantic City. I told you we were in Atlantic City. We went to Harris. We were going to see Masters of Illusion. I got... Uh, an opportunity, uh, permission, label it as you will, to steal a glass. I put the glass in an interior vest pocket, and we go to see Masters of Illusion, and they have a metal detector set up. Okay, Eastern Seaboard, metal detector to go into a concert venue. Okay, and uh, yuck, right? Just yuck. Let's start with the basics. And they got the little trays, right? You're supposed to put your stuff in the little tray, your phone, your wallet, your whatever. And they pass that around the metal detector and they can see what it is. And then you walk through the metal detector. And I'm just thinking, oh man. I mean, let's just start with three rings and a watch and a phone and a pocket knife. Very cool pocket knife that says, um, that says luck equals opportunity plus preparation. Very cool knife. I posted some pictures of that on Instagram. Well, let's be honest. Billy with the great last name has posted them on Instagram. I just took the pictures. But it's like, okay, I've got to do all of this. And then I got the big belt buckle, right? I got the big belt buckle. And I'm thinking the 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 thing that will break glass, the flashlight that will break glass and is a ballpoint pen, that's probably got to go in there too. Probably don't have to do the pepper spray because it's mostly plastic, but they may find, and I'm just thinking this, I'm going to end up surrendering a lot of stuff. And if in the surrendering of the stuff, they pat me down, which I would do if I was them, uh, then I've got a stolen glass and I'm going to try, try to convince somebody that I was told to take the glass. I'm thinking this is, this is, uh, this is problematic. And so I start taking off the rings and, and this and that. And she goes, you know, just just your phone is is fine. You don't need to do all that. It'll be fine. And I say, oh, okay. She goes, you don't need to empty your pockets. And I'm thinking, wow, they don't realize that I have 23 pockets just in my vest, plus the pockets in my jeans, plus the pocket in my shirt. But okay, I don't have to empty my pockets. Great. So I walk through the metal detector. And of course, the metal detector goes off like crazy. It's going nuts. And the, the attendant goes, oh, it's probably just that belt buckle. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And I go, well, yeah, probably, yeah. I'm just playing along at this point, right? And and then I end up having a conversation. There's no one behind me and Mrs. TRG. So I end up having a conversation about the belt buckle. She asks what the coin in the middle of the belt buckle is. And I say, oh, well, this is back when uh, it was Binion's Horseshoe in downtown Las Vegas. And this is one of the dollar coins from uh, from that casino back in the day. It's probably about 20, 30 years old. And she's like, oh, that's very cool. It's neat that you used it that way. I think that's really fun and blah, 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 blah. We have this nice little conversation and we should go enjoy the show. 
And that's fine. We go and we enjoy the show. And as I'm enjoying the show, and this is the revelation, this is the epiphany, this is the with great power comes great responsibility. You see, what was this vest intended to be? It's not what I use it for, but this vest is a concealed carry vest. It is set up on the interior to hold two loaded handguns and six additional clips of ammunition. So that's uh, eight times 13 rounds. That's a lot of rounds of ammunition that if that vest was configured that way, she just let me walk right through into a crowded auditorium with two handguns and eight times 13 rounds of ammunition. Now, obviously, I don't carry guns into casinos, but that drove it home. That was the moment. The casino combat vest vest allows me to get away with things that other people cannot in a variety of ways. It gets me respect and sometimes some attention and some requests for help that I would not get, for the most part, without the vest. It conveys great power, and that means I have a great deal of responsibility. I have an obligation, as much as possible, to be a hero, not a crook. That was my revelation. And it's not exactly a funny story, but I think it is an informative story. I know some people, including Virginia Casino player Doug, uh, have or are planning to have a vest. They're planning to put on the Casino Combat vest in full form. And that means I have an obligation to inform you, just like Uncle Ben, that you have great power and a great responsibility. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, tip your valet people. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Sorry I was gone for a while. I intend to be back soon. Thank you so much for your time.